Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast, and my name is Phil Thompson. And I'm Steve Lacey. Hello, Steve Lacey. How are you today? Doing good. You were gone last week on vacation, and you were out, as I said on the podcast, out in somewhere in the middle of the ocean in a boat with your wife. That is correct. We were. How'd that, how'd that go? We did great. We did a cruise of the Pacific, uh, Western Mexico, you know, yeah. Cabo, Mazatlan, that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I just was reading somewhere, I think last week, somebody that did a cruise uh, off of Norway or something. The boat ran into rough waters and they lost power. And uh, they, a lot of people were injured. It was, some people talked about it was an experience kind of like the Titanic. Did you read about that at all? I did not. <laughs> yeah, that was off the coast of Norway, I guess. And uh, so, uh, yeah, so I was talking to Brittany. Brittany and I did the podcast and we were talking about cruises. And my only thing, about, I've done a couple, but my only thing is, you know, the last few years I read about these people that uh, suddenly there's a mysterious virus that happens and everybody gets sick, you know, 500 people get sick. And, but anyhow, yeah. obviously you, you just got you just got fat and lazy, right? That was it. Yep. All right. Lots of lots of eating. It's 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 hard to stop eating. Yeah. So they have twenty four seven ice cream machines, self serve ice cream. And yeah. Just yeah. Great desserts. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about the the topic of today on our Church Solutions podcast. The topic is, do you know? Uh, why some churches are not growing. That's right. Why some churches are not growing. And, you know, I always, we're recording this a few weeks before Easter. And I always used to use Easter as kind of a benchmark to get a lot of things done, uh, to make some changes and just kind of prepare. Because uh, as, as Brittany and I were talking last week, uh, there's, these, there's these people called creasters. Do you know what, you know what a creaster is? I think I can figure it out. It's All those right. that come Christmas and Easter, right? You got it, right. And so there's going to be a lot of people that chances are are looking, and we went over the stats last week, considering going to church on Easter. And so uh, if you're a pastor or associate pastor or somebody on staff or a key volunteer uh, or, or a key influencer in your church, uh, I would encourage you to hang around for the next 25 minutes or so because we're going to talk about some things here that um, might help you not only for Easter but long term. And uh, it's true a lot of churches in America are declining. We've seen those stats. And there are some churches that are doing really well. And I think it's it's easy sometimes uh, as pastors or as church leaders to kind of get jealous of these other churches uh, and then, you know, make excuses. Well, you know, they're just compromising or whatever. And that's why all the people come. But the truth is a lot of these, these groups that are growing are doing some things right. And we need to look at some of those things that they're doing right. So, right. But we're not talking about that. <laughs> well, not really. We're looking at, we're kind of talking about the opposite of that. Yeah, right? we are. We're why, talking about... why we're not growing. And, and, and so, so let's just jump into it, shall we? So number one on our list, wanting to stay small. So there's, there's a, unfortunately in many groups, many churches, there's a desire within a lot of the people in the church to stay small. So, you know, if you, or at least stay the same size. And so uh, this is a problem because it's an attitude that usually goes unspoken. And quite frankly, I'm working with a church 
that I'm a part of part-time. And I've seen that attitude. We're only about 100 people. But I've, we're going through some transitions here in the next couple of years. And I'm seeing this attitude kind of pop up a little more. It's, it's becoming more exposed that, hey, we like what we're doing here. We're very happy to be this size. Mm-hmm. And, and the problem with that is, uh, you know, you, you don't set yourself up with a, a growth environment. And so new people come in and they kind of get that vibe, even if it's unspoken. Oh, and it might be, it may be a self-sabotage thing too, you know, where it's not spoken, it's not recognized, but there's just things that uh, do happen or don't happen that it's just kind of a, kind of a self-sabotaging kind of thing. Yeah. And the result is people reject new ideas, you know, and they freeze out the new people. And new people feel like they can't get involved, and so they don't connect and make friends, and they many times disappear. So, I mean, the antidote to some of this stuff, uh, as we were bringing in a thought about how why some churches are growing, is the antidote to this is I think the leadership has to be willing to embrace growth, and and that kind of has to get out there. There has to be that needs to be communicated to everybody. Uh, from the pulpit, as well as the leadership team and volunteers and staff. Hey, we want to grow. We want to welcome new people. We want to expand the music team. We want to expand the tech team. Uh, you know, it's work. It's more work to do that, right. but it, it will help you in the long run. And what probably goes with this one, and I'm, so I was just going through our list here. We have top, the 10 reasons why churches are growing, and I didn't see this on the list and um so and that and that is that um churches become inwardly focused mm-hmm. so that may tie into this want to be small thing you know i'm happy this is great we're you know let's we're doing really good let's let's continue on and keep our happy crew going as opposed to being outwardly focused to you know yep. says what let's put stuff together that's going to make people that aren't here yeah. yet um make it appealing for them so yeah. all right yeah, and all that stuff takes work. You know, all the stuff we're even going to talk about here, it takes some effort. It takes work, and it takes, and it's it's less comfortable too. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. focus right. stuff is like, eh, no, I want to do it this way. This has been really good for us. Yeah, yeah. All right. So moving on here, number two, one of the reasons why many churches are not growing is there's a domination by a few strong members, and I think every church is going to have members that kind of stand out that are strong members but i use the word uh denomination or what's the word i used here domination (laughs) domination Domination. Uh, sorry i got denomination on the brain but domination uh, so i kind of i guess when i put this on on our little notes here i see it as almost a some ways a bullying thing a little bit you know i mean you're always going to have strong members and that's okay that's good as long as they are very much open to, to a larger vision, open, you know, to reaching people, uh, you know, all that stuff. But but unfortunately, some of these people that are just dominating, again, they have the same kind of attitudes like, hey, we don't want to change anything here. I like right. the way things are, uh, you know, my way or the highway. Yeah. And I've had experience with that. We had a small church in when we were living in California. And there were a few strong members that rose up and um, it was kind of a, a problem from the pastor because pastor was ultimately in charge and he let some of these members grow very influential and strong in the mm-hmm. church. 
and they were not necessarily the spiritual leaders in the church. True. And so that led to mm-hmm. uh, you know, an eventual split in the church. Yeah. So. Yeah, that can happen, and so uh, yeah, it's it's one of the, you know one of those ways. It's hard when you get some of those people. It's really hard, uh, and I don't have an easy answer for that. But uh, that's one of the reasons some churches just are not growing because there's just a couple, two or three people that just kind of control everything. And yeah, all right. So good luck with that. So number three, no plan and fear of change. You kind of alluded to this earlier. Yeah. Uh, Again, sometimes, and I used to talk with, I, I worked with a guy years ago, a wonderful pastor, uh, and he always wanted to, we want to have a big church, we want to grow, we want to reach people, uh, but and it was awesome, but there was no plan <laughs> to do that, no kind of strategy, no kind of, you know, here's how to get from point A to point B to point C, none of that, and, and this is very typical in a small church. Uh, the vision, if they have one, is very small, or if it is, there's no plan. And then sometimes that I put fear of change on here because sometimes that that fear of change is involved in that whole thing about the plan. Because well, if we're really going to do this, that means we're going to have to change change certain things yeah. that we do. Yeah, certain things that have been working really well for our little group. Yeah, right. So it can yep. be a very uncomfortable uh, situation. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and again, as we go through this list, some of these are obviously very related and close to each other. You could go on and on. All right. Well, the other one here that number four on our little list of why some churches are not growing is bad health and uh, not just bad health of the pastor. <laughs> I'm talking bad spiritual health of the church here. Uh, the church is just unhealthy. Uh, and there's all sorts of things going on in the church, lots of things going on. I mean, you can have a small church and have a healthy small church. Right. Uh, but what we're talking here is just gossip going on. Right. Uh, I guess you could point to the case of my California church because there was a, yeah. a, a faction that drove, that rose up. And then there was, oh, who are you going to align with? You're going to align with the pastor. You're going to align with these strong leaders. And. And then there was all this back and forth. They said this and they did this and, you know, and it became an unhealthy environment. Right. Yeah. And, and it, it, you know, there's these groups get segmented and, and they're just going to, they got their own little thing going on. And it's, you know, like I said earlier, a gossip time. And, and uh, uh, there's just, the church is just not healthy. There's just weird stuff going on from, it's just not a good thing. So, so when a new person comes in and and happens to visit by accident, maybe uh, they they sense this. They they see it. They sense it. If they come a few times, especially, they begin to sense that this is something's not healthy here. It's not a good thing here, and they may not be able to put their finger on it, but they can sense it. Right. And yeah. uh, and you stay small because yeah. of that. Yeah. My experience was we were um, we were we were growing and going to be bringing on staff, and so some of the the unhealthy part of it is we're using some finances to to drive away certain groups didn't want certain people joining the staff, and so they were mm-hmm. kind of sabotaging some financial things, and yeah, it was a big mess. Anyway, yeah, all uh, right. And again, you know, it, we're talking about these reasons, and I'm sure some of you are saying, well, what's the solution? How do we fix this? And like, well, <laughs> it's not easy, but the the healthy leadership, if you have some, 
has to rise up and has to confront some of these issues. Yeah. And I guess that we're, we're going through the issues. So I guess it's address these issues head on and, um, try to do just the opposite. Like, you know, some of earlier ones, when to stay small or not having a plan, obvious thing is let's put a plan together. Let's create a vision. Let's, you know, yeah. the bad health is probably a tough one to recover from, but you've got to swallow the, the big pills and make the changes in order to get that, get healthy yeah. again. Some of that does involve honestly some confrontation uh, with the people that are unhealthy and you know some changes and that's not easy we understand that yeah. we know that we've all done and you it you may go backwards for a little while yeah. small may get smaller right yeah. and that's actually okay uh get smaller and hang in there because if you're doing some things right you will grow all right so shall we move on here we uh yes number five on our list all right visitors, visitors. don't feel welcome Visitors and guests don't feel welcome. So, again, this kind of ties in with some of these other things we're talking about here, like bad health. I mean, somebody walks in the church, there's nobody greeting them, or, you know, they sense the vibe, or they well, can't get plugged in. Yeah. Well, a large, a, lot of, a big part of this is the inward versus outward focus. And so visitors come in and they see a bunch of clicks of circles of people talking that know each other really well. And and it's uncomfortable for them as opposed to having a very outward focused yeah. look where you got greeters out front and they're walking people to connect with other people and right. you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And, and again, there's there's no opportunities, you know, even within the program or announcements, you know, there's no opportunities to say, you know, hey, you know what, we got some things going on and we'd love you to be a part of this. Uh, you know, we've got uh, whatever different teams, different areas of, of the church that could use volunteers and and, uh, you know, none of that is is presented. And so you just kind of go there and you sit and you feel this unhealthy vibe. And you don't feel welcomed and you don't come back. Right. <laughs> You know, so uh, visitors don't feel welcome. So we we really, especially this last church I've been working with the last five, six years, uh, I've really worked hard with our team to, like, make sure these people feel welcome when they walk in the door. You know, don't be off talking about fantasy football somewhere or talking about whatever. Uh, you know, Sunday is your time to greet these people. You can get with your buddies during the week or after church, you know. But let's spend some time focusing on some of the newer people and making sure they're comfortable and making sure they feel welcomed and uh, very, very difficult to change that culture, but uh, it can happen. It just takes a little bit of effort. All right. Number six, number six, the pastor does almost everything. <laughs> uh, and I mean, I see this all the time. And quite frankly, uh, when I started a church years ago for a long time, I was doing almost everything. <laughs> Uh, but as time went on, I was smart enough to begin to hand off things. So if you're starting a church, if you're really small, I understand you're going to, the senior pastor is going to do a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, but there's a time where you have to hand things over to people, even if it's, even if they're not, even if it's not perfect. Right. Uh, and yeah, again, it takes energy to do that because if you hand it over to somebody, that means you got to maybe train them. Or work with them for a while and it does take a little more time and energy but eventually as that matures that whole process matures it will take less off you as a senior pastor and and you won't feel like everything's on you 
All right, and it'll it'll just equip the organization to grow because you'll have yeah. you'll develop expertise in different areas and different people, and you'll just be just positioned to grow, as yeah. opposed to this kind of ties into um, Tom Maxwell's leadership led theory that you'll never rise above the your leadership. So yeah, the level of leadership. Yeah, John Maxwell. Yeah, he's got some really good material. And, and uh, you know, John again, Maxwell, I, not yeah, Tom yeah, Maxwell, not Tom. You're now you're pulling a. I, yeah, I worked with a Tom Maxwell for too many years. So <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, John Maxwell has some good stuff. There's lots of other people that have some some really good stuff out there as well. And 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 uh, yeah, it, it, it's you 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 nailed it. You know, you're equipping people, you're enabling people. To, to go forward with things. And there's going to be people that can do something much better than you can, uh, believe it or not. And so uh, handing that over to somebody can can get your church to the next level in certain areas. And again, it's it's maybe this is control. For some people, it's a control issue and they've got to just release control. Uh, for some people, who knows? There's lots of different reasons why the pastor seems to do everything. Mm-hmm. But in most cases, there's a ceiling. And you might be able to do everything till you're 50, 60 people, maybe 100 people. You can do almost everything, but you'll burn out and you'll certainly keep the church from growing. Right. Okay. Number seven. Number seven. No small groups. What do we mean by small groups? So these are, I don't know, life groups, care groups, small groups. These are groups of typically less than 10 um, that are meeting during the week outside the service. Um, and ministries happening in these smaller clusters. Yeah, so, and when we say groups, we're not talking like what we were earlier about gossip groups. <laughs> no, we're, we're talking about specific small groups that have you know have a purpose, and it could be a lot of different things. But usually, the purpose is to help people connect, make friends, grow spiritually. You know, go a little deeper. You can't do everything Sunday morning. Right. Uh, my church has a time where they spend, they do some of these small groups and we call them community groups. And it's a time to really kind of talk a little bit about what we were speaking about Sunday right. and go kind of go a little deeper and give people an opportunity to express their thoughts and, and, yeah. you know, how this can help them. Yeah. And there's, there's, um, known what size hurdle points, right. In church growth. Yeah, um, I don't. You may know them off the top of your head, but probably a hundred is one, right? Yeah, that's a barrier. Yeah, the they barrier, call it barriers. Yeah, yeah, the barriers. Is it two hundred or is it? Uh, it, it depends, but it can be. It certainly two hundred is a barrier. I know. I mean, they they all have certain. They're all certain barriers. I mean, the yeah. big ones are getting past a hundred. Uh, getting past three hundred is probably the biggest. The next biggest barrier, right. the five hundred mark, is right. that people refer to as a barrier. Yeah, uh, and. The reason I bring this up is the the small group piece is maybe a key ingredient for getting you past some of these barriers that are beyond the first barrier. Yes. So yeah. that I mean, you can live and survive at a, at a hundred, but you know, getting to the three hundred mark may require because people need to be able to connect with someone during the week. Then mm-hmm. that the pastors, you know, is they say that. A stat from a very long time ago, which all the social media is, um, kind of blows apart, but they basically say that you can actually have relationships with what up to 150 people, and beyond that, you really can't have relationships. It's a stat from way back when, but you know, I have what yeah, 2,000 heard, friends on 
Facebook. Yeah, I heard it's even less than that. But yeah, I get what you're saying. You can only have so many friends. Right. So if you're if the you know the senior pastors the the glue holding the the group together and that's their friends, you need small groups to multiply and be able to grow yeah. past these other levels. Yeah. And this kind of I don't have this in the notes, but uh, the, the value of small groups is uh, when you can create those and they, they, you know, they're healthy small groups, they have some direction, uh, is that it, it kind of begins to take the focus off the pastor right. and your church doesn't become such a personality driven church, which many smaller churches are. Uh, and you can be even 150, 200, even 300 people and still have a personality driven church. Uh, but, uh, and, and I, you know, I, I, it's no secret that I really enjoy a lot of what Rick Warren has been doing. Some people don't like Rick Warren and all that, but I, I like the fact that he has some really good systems. And, you know, it's a large church. It's like the sixth largest church in America. And you might think, well, it's Rick Warren. He's written all these books. Of course, it's personality driven. And, and the thing about it is when he has taken sabbaticals, his son committed suicide a few years ago, and they took a sabbatical for like three or four months at least. The church continued to do well and continued, I think, even to grow. Mm -hmm. And and it's because there was things in place. It wasn't just built on one guy. Right. And he's in his 60s now, upper 60s. Yeah, one of these days he's going to retire. But I'm sure that Saddleback will continue to do well. Uh, and again, small groups. And he was always big on small groups as well. Small groups take that focus off the personality-driven pastor. And people begin to make friends. They grow and they realize, hey, we love our pastors, you know, but we also know that church is much more than our pastor. It's it's community. It's it's right. grown spiritually. It's Jesus. So, all right, uh, number eight on our list. Number eight, we're going through this. Here's here's the area that where we fit in here, where we jump in here. It's called not using technology. Uh, many churches are small because they just are not implementing some technology that could really help them grow. Right. And this is going to tie into the next one as well, but the, I think somewhat. But um, yeah, they're not using technology within the service. So as people go to public areas and public events, they're used to certain things, you know, and, uh, you know, big screens and music yeah. and, you know, uh, yeah. whatever it may be there. And, you know, and so churches that are embracing the technology are getting left behind. Yeah. And we, uh, we're going to do a webinar here. Uh, uh, we're calling it, uh, what's the name of our webinar? It's, it's centered Maximizing around. Maximizing the impact of Easter. Something of that name. Yeah. Eastern Beyond. And so we're actually going to do a webinar, which, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, the webinar is going to be April 2nd. And so, uh, you know, just go to streamingchurch.tv and sign up for it. Uh, but uh, one of the things I brought that up is because we there's some unbelievable stats that we're going to share during this webinar about, you know, people really embracing technology and, and, and those kind of things. And the impact it's had on the church. It has an impact on the church and it, it can impact your not only your Easter services, but also beyond that. And, you know, of course, with our company here, uh, we, you know, we're a company that does streaming video, streamingchurch.tv and mobile apps, churchapplive.com and other things. Uh, you know, technology is so much easier today than it was even six, seven years ago. And you can really embrace technology 
uh, in your service. You don't have to have huge, huge screens or anything, but there's things you can do that will perk up your service. And as you mentioned earlier, Steve, people, you know, they're used to using technology uh, and then not just within your service itself, but again, you know, outside the service with streaming video and right. you know, having a mobile app. And, and part of this is the website, too. I mean, we, we would include website. Your website needs to be up to date, which we've hammered and hammered on for years. And it's part of the technology. And that's where people are going when they're looking. They're going to look at your website. They're going to look, see if you have video. They're going to look and see if you have audio clips and those kind of things. And when you don't embrace that stuff or you just do it half-heartedly, you're missing out. Right. Exactly. All right. Number nine on our list. Yeah. And as you said, it, this is part of the problem with not embracing technology is we think the reason our church isn't growing is because, well, we think the, the culture is the enemy. So the, the culture today in our society, it's 2019 and it's a different culture than it was in 1980. Uh, you know, technology is part of that culture. Technology uh, is part of it. And yeah, and maybe I'm old and uh, set in my ways, but it, it, re it does really, I, I guess I fall into this trap sometimes because I'm watching, you know, popular TV shows and the one that comes to mind is, you know, from my culture and the Christian culture and the Christian believing culture is kind of the, the progression is you start dating, then you become engaged, then you get married and then you buy a house and you have kids. And that's kind of the, the progression now. And now the norm is you uh, begin dating, then you have sex and then you have kids and, or and then you move in together that's another yeah um, right. big yeah. step that people need yeah. to uh you know consider and then you eventually get married and it's just and it's Maybe. presented as the the norm well you, you know you're dating are you ready to take the next step and they're insinuating now the next step in my mind i'm going oh you're ready to get married and they're going no the next step is move in together and so yeah. anyway the culture is is lost, <laughs> yeah. But it's but, not the enemy. <laughs> but but here, yeah. And here's my point: is is that when you have people come to your church, and maybe they are a couple, and they have kids, and they're not married. Well, okay, uh, that's not uh, what some people would interpret as really being a, a biblical thing. But look, you want to connect with them. You you want to you know throwing them out the door or rejecting right, right. them or just putting up a bad vibe to them. Uh, you know, while you're in sin. Well. Okay, but there's a lot of us in sin, you know, just different areas. So why not, you know, embrace them as, as best you can? And I, I know we're not talking, I'm not talking about compromising here, but, but, but the truth is these people, they're looking for something. If they come to your church, they're looking for answers. And I've seen many, many people in my day come and they've been a part of the church. People loved them and accepted them. And they realized one day they said, you know what? We should probably get married. You know, we've been living together. We probably should get married. And, and it's like, great. We'll be glad to marry you. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so instead of like making them the dark, evil culture, yeah, it's out there. And you, should, you said it, everything's just backwards now. And but But let's open up our hearts to these people and love them and speak the truth in love. Right. <laughs> And and see what happens. Lots of people will change when they know they're loved and accepted. And when they hear 
something that applies to their life, that's when people begin to change. Right. And so, yeah. I mean, so, so number nine, we think the culture is the enemy. So we need to, I think the culture is lost, but we need to embrace the culture and, and work with them. Right. All and right. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll get flack for that, but that's yeah. okay. I'll take it. <laughs> All right. Number 10. All right. Not caring about the environment. And I don't mean necessarily the outside and, you know, are we, are we doing global warming? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about not caring about the environment of the church. And what I mean by the environment of the church is, well, several things. I mean, one of them, first off, is your facility. Uh, you know, some of you have a facility that's really old. I understand that. But you can still spruce it up a bit. <laughs> uh, you know, we see that we walk in the same way in my house. Okay. I walk into my house and I'm around my house all the time. And I don't notice the stains on the carpet anymore. I don't notice the, the, the paint. There's some chips on the door what the door frames, you know, where we move furniture and bump things and there's marks and stuff. I get used to it. I don't notice it, but new people notice it <laughs> and new people, when they walk into your facility will notice a lot of different things. And one of them is your facility. Look, it may be old, but is it clean? Is it, uh, you know, would it be that hard to, to throw a fresh coat of paint on something, <laughs> you know? Uh, and, it, and it's more than just the facility. It can be even your actual services, your, your worship services, your church services. What's the environment like in your church services? Right. You know, is, it, is it anything from hot or too cold? Is it, is it, what, is it the way you do your church service awkward? Are your announcements way too long that nobody really cares about except the one person that has their announcement in there somewhere? Uh, you get what I'm, right, right. I'm moving with this? Right. I mean, and people, I mean, especially if you're wanting to grow, it's, I mean, I, I think about just the restaurant industry. You, you're, you're, you're outside of a bunch of restaurants. You're going to typically pick the one that looks clean and safe and, and familiar, yeah. Uh, as opposed to the one that looks like oh, maybe they have great food, but uh, it looks pretty sketchy. And, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I run into those all the time here. Uh, it's, it's a challenge. So anyhow, you know, care about your environment, care about your facility, care about what's going on. Uh, and, and I think, you know, you do some of those things, uh, you'll make newer people uh, realize that hey, these people care about what's going on here. I'm going to keep coming for a while. So anyhow, that, that's, that's the list of, of stuff. And there's lots more. We'd love to get your feedback on this. We really would. Uh, and there's maybe more to add, maybe something you disagree with. A couple of things I want to mention though, as we wrap up our podcast, one is we are having a webinar, which we, meant, we mentioned earlier. So if you happen to be listening this before April 2nd, uh, you know, go to streamingchurch.tv and uh, there should be something on there about our yeah. webinar. <laughs> and there'll be, there'll be archives if you missed it because yeah, this may we not get published to... until after that date. So, yeah, or around that date, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, and uh, uh, yeah, and so, uh, you know, but you can be a part of that. There's going to be Q&A. And a lot of this involves, you know, how Easter, how you can use Easter and use some things in Easter and then even go beyond Easter. And then the other thing, too, I want to mention, too, and, and again, it kind of depends on, when people hear this podcast or see this video, but we're doing a little uh, special, right? We're doing a little special where if, if you want to, if your church wants to stream with us, you've never streamed before, 
uh, you can go to streamingchurch.tv and make a free trial. And uh, if you set things up and stream, uh, we'll give you a gift certificate, right? Is it a yes, gift? Yes, we certificate? will. We're uh, looking lunch, Chick Fil A, or or, yeah. Um, yeah. or Starbucks. Was Starbucks there. or yeah. something in your area? So you know, if you want to take advantage of it or tell a friend, uh, and and not to prolong this podcast anymore, but we even have a referral uh, deal where if you tell one of your friends, you know, from a different church to stream with us, we'll give you some cash if they actually stream and, and, and Very generous. So, nice yeah. referral. So, so anyhow, that's enough of our self-promotion there, but Hey, we're done here. We're out of time. Uh, look, we'd love to get your feedback support at streamingchurch.tv. That's an email you can use. And if we can help your church in any way, that's why we do this stuff. We're, we're, we're a company, but we also have a vision to help churches because we've been doing it for a long time, but both of us here and, and other people on our staff, I love the church and want to help you grow as a church and, and, and be a healthy church. So I'm done. All right. Sounds good. All right. So he is Steve Lacey. I'm Phil Thompson. This has been the Church Solutions Podcast. We'll catch you again next time. Take care.